Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema. The podcast that I think is kindly recovered from the whole Barbenheimer thing. I think it's dying down a bit, but only after Barbie has run away with $1 billion of our money. My name is Tosin. I am the host of this show. I am based up in the United Kingdom in a place called Bromsgrove, just outside Birmingham in the middle of the country. And joining me as always on the Isle of Wight are Sharon Bolland. Hello. And from London, it is Holly Neslane. Hello. Hello. Yes, Holly's got her husk on. It's That's it. It's very Kathleen Turner. <laughs> Like not being able to speak. <laughs> it's very Kathy. Hey, hey, the woman made a wonderful career with that. <laughs> with, not able to speak properly. Yeah, well, Kathleen Turner, Macy Gray, um, somebody who, somebody who many people don't might not know, Julie Ke- Julie Kavner. I do not know. Julie Kavner. She is an actress, and she is more more um, popularly known as the voice of Marge Simpson. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a revelation. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. Like when you see her, there's two. There's two. Okay, there's Yardley Smith. Yardley Smith, who's the voice of Lisa Simpson, and Julie Kavner, who's the voice of Marge Simpson. When you see them in films, it's it's it throws you a bit because you're looking at them going, "Why do I feel like I know this person?" <laughs> and then you close your eyes and you're like, "Oh my God, it's Lisa Simpson!" <laughs> or like because Julie Kavner actually knew her. I knew her before she, before I saw The Simpsons. I knew her before I saw The Simpsons. But ever since The Simpsons, they haven't really done that much. Unless it's like, I think Yardley Smith shows up in As Good As It Gets because she's good friends with James L. Brooks. But I digress. <laughs> what we do on this show is we, um, we go to the cinema. We usually see about three things in the cinema. And we stay at home. We see about three things. We come back. We rate them all out of five. And we see where money has been better spent this week. Now, we are missing a member, and that is Sean, Sean Harris. He's not with us this week. And Sean is usually the one who holds up the cinema end. Sean is usually the one who goes, what's what's in my local cinema? I will see all of it. He's that guy who orders everything off the menu. And So, I think this week we only have one film. But I also think that this week there might only be one film (laughs) new out. (laughs) Because, okay, so Sharon, you saw that film. What film did you see? I saw Meg 2, The Trench. Meg 2, The Trench. And, oh, okay, no, there's actually another film. There's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, which you were never going to see because it's animated. (laughs) And I would have loved to see, but it was on at stupid times. Like, like the the last showing was at 5 p.m. And I was just kind of like, ugh. And I know that every now... Yeah, I know. I know, Sharon, you're right to pull that face. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I don't know. I don't know. I think last week, when I actually had the time to go see it, the last showing was at 5 p.m. This week, I've been up and down motorway, so I haven't really had a chance to go to go into the cinema. And I think they finally took mercy on me and put one at 7. Like, the latest showing was at 7. But I just can't... It's like, it's a film I want to see because I am turtle. I am of the right age for a yes. Turtles movie. I am of the right age... I'm of the right demographic for a Turtles movie. And they have decided, you know what, we're going to put it at a time when I can't see it. So, when no one of working age can see it. Exactly. Because so, it's a school holiday, so naturally, 
No one works during the school holidays. Ridiculous. Ridiculousness. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they have some data that says that that's the best time to put it on in Red Edge, but hey. Okay, so never mind. So we have Meg to the trench. That is what we're seeing. That's what we're, that's what we're bringing to the cinema for. That's cinema's sole representative this week. And at home, Holly, what have you seen? What are you bringing to the fore? So today is The Witcher uh, season three. Ooh. And which I know Sharon has seen, obviously. I have um, seen all of it now as well. Okay. Um, um, and a slightly, a slightly odd one that I watched yesterday. Uh, which was an art house film from 2021 called Vampire. All right, cool. Vampire. I'm going to say Witcher Season 3. I'm going to say Witcher Season 3 because the both of you can go on that. And the one thing I'm going to bring this week is, okay, let's see. If you can help, because I had, it was, for me, I told you it was between the deepest breath and Colin from Accounts. And if we're going to have... I'm going to go calling from accounts. I'm going to go calling from accounts. That's, that's what I'm going to bring in. it. So that is what we're going to talk about this week. Meg 2 versus calling from accounts and The Witcher Season 3. And not to be, not to be, not that I can ever be accused of being late to the party, but I have just finished watching The Witcher Season 2. Thank you. You're very, <laughs> you are welcome. Finished it last week. Finally caught up. It was only two years late. But, but, all right. So let us kick off with Meg 2 The Trench. Sharon, tell us about Meg 2 The Trench. Um, Meg 2 is um, a direct sequel to The Meg, yeah. uh, which came out, I think, was it two or three years ago now? Yes. I think it was yes, just, it, a, it, was, it was just before the, just before the lock, it was just before COVID, wasn't it? It must have been, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It must have been. So yeah, maybe yeah, we're looking at sort of three years then, and it is a sort of. I think it must be a sort of Chinese collaboration because it's. It, it is. <laughs> it's, there's a lot of sort of Chinese actors in it, and um, a lot of the dialogue is in Chinese. So it obviously appeals to that sort of dual um, uh, sort of cultures, really. But anyway, yeah. it's set in sort of like above the the some of the deepest trenches in the world. Where in the last film they discovered that there's like um, the, the sea floor is not the sea floor; it's actually just a layer, and that if you get through this layer, and there's like another world below that, which is inhabited by a lot of prehistoric um, dinosaur-y type um, creatures that have survived all the various or um, cataclysms that have affected the sort of the surface world. So underneath this sort of like thermal layer, there's a, re- a pressurized area below the, the sea floor as we know it, where megalodon, um, bitey things, giant things, and you know, sort Gi- of creatures that you don't shark, really want to meet. Giant octopus. Yes, all those things that you don't really want to meet when you're paddling in the sea will, will come up and sort of go, surprise! Uh, so, <laughs> chomp, chomp, chomp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, this is where um, they have discovered this underworld thing and. During the last adventure, a um, megalodon came up and chomped its way around, and um, it brought a baby with it. And they have kept this baby, and they're they're trying to basically um, examine this sort of how this megalodon works, how its brain works, as it in, in trying to see if they can train it. Can it be, you know, almost like um, acclimatized to the modern world? Can it be, you know, will it has it got a place? So, and they're whilst they're doing this, they're developing all this technology so they can explore this new part of the world that they didn't previously know existed yeah. and they've developed these sort of suits that, that can exist they're like in alien you know ripley picks up all these big 
they sort of exoskeleton oh, oh, exoskeletons, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like an exoskeleton that's sort of body shaped, but it has like an enclosed hands and head. But you ha- you have this huge power within it that you can um, move things and touch things and do things, amazing things. So they have developed this technology, and they're go- they are bit by bit they're exploring, they're doing different zones and they're exploring this under underworld world where all these megalodon in their natural habitat live. I, I but something say, goes wrong. Yeah, I have to say, be, 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 just before you carry it, I have to say, I am, I admire how much guff they come up with in these films yeah. <laughs> to excuse the bitey, bitey, shooty, shooty, blowy, uppy action. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a whole series of books. Yes, yeah, so they're like a stack Which, of books, yeah, aren't there? I have read all of them as well. <gasps> I have, it's on my to be read list, I think. I've, having watched a couple of them, I'm thinking, I know what this is about. I'm going to just read these. They are, because they're just enormous fun. They are more complicated books than the films, but arguably that's not very difficult. Yeah. But there is like a bad guy element to this. Like the bad guys are doing something nefarious down there. That goes wrong. Um, the teenage um, adopted daughter of um, the Jason Statham's character, she was orphaned in the last film, and she's now being, he's sort of now co raising her with her uncle. Uh, she's a Chinese girl and she's been co-raised by Jason Statham and her Chinese uncle so she is oh, yeah. growing up with the, the two of them and um, she decides that it's time that she's now sort of 14 that she wants to go down on one of the deep sea dives just to sort of experience it herself and that because they've had that... <laughs> and that what could possibly go wrong and because they've had 30 dives with that incident why can't she go with them and so um, she goes with them and then obviously chaos ensues and because of this chaos ensues they meet bad guys by the way blah, stuff happens and then this rift is torn in the ceiling of this underground ocean and a load of megs and something we sort of get a glimpse of escape oh into our world and so being bad guys they then escape to the nearest island which happens to be called fun island because it's where everyone goes to have their holidays and run I, around in their bathers. I thought, you about, then, I thought you were about to say Shark Island because it was because everything we've heard so far is not it's not on the nose enough. <laughs> yeah, but Fun Island. So at Fun Island, it becomes anything but fun. Well, apart from us who are watching it, because these sort of prehistoric sort of bitey things from the depths decide that you know, party time is happening yeah. at Fun Island, and then they're busy to sort of eat their way through most of the people there. Yeah, and there were a couple of the characters from the first film appear, like the lady who owns the little dog called Dumb Pippin. <laughs> and so you still get the whole Pippin. That happens. I have gone on record as to why I think about that dog. But <laughs> so, <laughs> what I think should happen to that dog, I have gone yeah, on swim, record. Swim, Pippin, <laughs> swim. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we know what's going to happen. Uh, but And then so bad guys do stuff. But basically, you know, the bad guys are completely incidental. You want to see them fighting Megalodon. You want to see the stay punching a Megalodon in the head, don't you? And that's the what, Megalodon yeah. rolling over and going, ow. That's yeah. what you want to see. And that's basically what happens. It's like, you know, don't mess with me or my family. In, not in those words, but it's like I'm gonna. The state is gonna wrestle with the megalodon, and the state is gonna come out on top, looking a bit you know, like the state, really. Yeah, you've got <laughs> that a, one it, expression it, that basically is the same expression it, through the whole it, film. But you've got to love it. Uh, I'm expecting that at some point in this film, he he crafts a saddle and rides a megalodon like a horse. <laughs> well, he rides a, a jet ski, <laughs> and you have a jet ski megalodon sort of race and uh, faced uh, off. 
like no, a, but... it's like a medieval joust because they have got sticky pointy oh, things. Oh yeah, yeah, that... sticky harpoony and... things. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so, so with this, I mean, you have very gamely tried to make this thing sound like it has a plot, and yeah. <laughs> quite frankly, with this, you just sort of don't thing, care. You do <laughs> like, exactly. You don't get care. You don't, you, you don't care. I mean, and I think with the shark movie, which is, is a, I mean, we've actually, I think we did a whole show where we just did shark movies. Yeah. Yeah. We did, we did a whole show where, where we, when we did it, when we're doing a podcast called "They Don't Make Them Like They Used To." There was one episode that was just about shark movies. Yeah. And um, and oh. Uh, well, with shark movies, obviously you have Jaws. Jaws is the specter that they all in, and I yeah. think that the the, mo- the modern classic is Deep Blue Sea, which doesn't take itself too exp- don't take itself too seriously, and it, it it knows you came in here to see sharks fighting humans, biting them in half, and we're going to see what happens at the end. Whether eventually you want to see the humans win, right? nominally you want to see the humans win, and then the shark goes away, blah blah blah, and that was Deep Blue Sea. And it's all about the execution. So it's not about the plot. It's not about that. It's about the execution of it. It's about whether yeah. they understand that they're a joke, or whether they're taking themselves too seriously. So the question is, what was the execution of this like? It was. It was fun. It was yeah. as camp as a row of tents in, <laughs> in as in only that Jason Statham can be. <laughs> you know that he's so masculine that it's almost like as a character of himself. Yeah, it's like it's like the, it's like oh, it it imagine, imagines to be camp, but the kind of camp that would kick your head in if you looked at it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, so it's, I think it was almost like perfectly executed. You have that perfect combination of these prehistoric sharks. A giant octopus not really i don't think it's a spoiler because you know they're talking about anything from the depths of the sea and there's got to be a giant something with suckers on it i'm pretty there? sure there was a giant octopus in the first film yeah there was i'm pretty sure there was a giant octopus i mean i mean not that i remember much of it but i, I i'm pretty sure there was a bit where there's a giant octopus fighting a submarine but, but... And at the beginning that's a really good sort of like jurassic parky type bit where you sort of see you know prehistory these things sort of the food chain how it develops mm. and then you introduce these these critters you know that have and then realizing that you know, human beings are like the, the prey species rather than the, the apex predator in this world so um you see different people getting eaten in creative ways uh, by bitey things so things with suckers and things with a lot of big teeth <laughs> it's like humans you are the food uh, all yeah. right okay so so okay that's all well and uh, one more thing before we ask the ask for the star rating on this because i think we know what this film is you know what yeah. this film is it's a creature feature no one's expecting anything much but before we ask that this is directed by ben wheatley and if you i'm not sure if you recognize the name but this is so far removed from anything he has ever done. Ben Wheatley is an indie darling. He did High Rise. He did Kill List. He did Free Fire. He did A Field in England. He did a film called In the Earth. These are all films that... that Nothing are, like this film. <laughs> exactly. Nothing like this film. They are all <laughs> low-budget things that he put together with a band of people in his backyard. And... and, um, and they get critically they get critically acclaimed, but they don't necessarily make much money. They don't make any money. No. They, they they don't make much money, but they they make. I think essentially he just seems to wants to make enough money to allow him to make another film, and this is uh, this is him essentially going, yeah, give me the budget. I want to go play. <laughs> I want to go play that. Or he did the remake of Rebecca. He did the new version of Rebecca with Mayor oh, Machikowski okay. in it. Yeah, and um, 
Yeah, and I just find that that's funny. I think that, for me, that's actually the funniest thing about this film, is like Ben Wheatley made The Meg. It's kind of like if you said Martin Scorsese directed a Marvel movie. But, yeah, yeah, so, but, but, okay. But anyway, with that being said, how did Ben Wheatley do? How many stars would you give this? Yeah, it was was a riot. It was fun. It was ridiculous. Um, Some of the acting, you think, I'm not sure I entirely believe your motivation in this scene. (laughs) And, and I think, am I entirely convinced that you're really fleeing from a prehistoric bitey thing? Oh, I'm no, not sure. That that, so, is, that, is, that is a step up from the first film because there was some of the acting in the first film. I was like, I'm not entirely sure you're human. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so yeah, I mean, some of it was a little bit broad, but I think they sort of played to their audience. So I thought it was fun. It was a riot. It was enjoyable just to kick back, just to relax and watch it, the mayhem ensue. Um, but it, it is a three film, because I think, I don't know that the Meg could ever be more than a anything, three film. No. But you can still be, it does what it's supposed to do. It's a good, it's, as a Meg film, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it does what it was supposed to do. But yeah, I'd say it's fun, it's enjoyable, it's a bit of a riot. Um, you don't care. Uh, about some of the things where you're thinking, would that really happen? <laughs> they don't really care. You're like, and, we um, don't the, care. And the, the state is indestructible, so perfect. What more could you want from a film? We're talking uh, of, and we're still t- be a three-star film. Yeah. Yes, it's like like a perfect three-star. I feel like I feel like that's the kind of film that it, it, it can, if they did everything perfectly in this film, it would be a three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's nothing you can do to elevate a film like this above a three. And it's anyway. So it is what it is, but it does it well and it's fun. It was so bad. One of those, it's so awful that it makes itself a five by being dreadful, but so delightfully dreadful in its dreadfulness. And I can't think of any that have done that recently. No, some films no. are just, they're just so gloriously awful that you, you just revel in them, don't you? <clears throat> this is, this is, this does what it's supposed to do. It was a, yeah, it does what it was supposed to do. So, yeah, can't can't fault it beyond other than it being a film about a giant metrodon eating <laughs> Chinese tourists. <laughs> <laughs> On the whole, they, they, they weren't they didn't discriminate. They ate sort of you know all races. So I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Is that, is that... <laughs> unity is pretty monster? Like it? Is that is yeah. that the next word? Is like Meg three the xenophobe? <laughs> it's only, it's I only eat about Chinese people. <laughs> <laughs> but it was yeah, indiscriminately anyone. So it was... <laughs> <laughs> All right. at, the risk of, at the risk of spoiling things about the books, I think we can safely say that in the books, Meg eats far more uh, white people. Uh, well, okay. well, yeah, well, because the books are not financed by China, so uh, no, but it, but it is not an in, not an entirely white leading sort of cast in a book, is it? Thingy, a book equivalent of a cast, but they mostly they mostly yeah. kill white people, so you know a lot of them, you know, just for for variety. Okay, okay, not, not, okay, no, okay. We have to move on because you just set my my brain on another track, and I'm trying to think of a reverse racist <laughs> shark. But never mind. We're just racist in the other direction, shark. What? Well, only eat white people. But never mind. Never mind. I just heard they taste better. But oh, uh, <laughs> right. So, uh, excuse me. Ah, close that. Go away. 
You know when you know when like you know you have an iPhone and it's linked to an iPad and then someone calls you the phone and then the iPad rings. That yeah, my, yeah. That's not actually my iPad. It's my wife's iPad, and but she has an iPhone. And uh, anyway, never mind. Never mind. Uh, she's probably somewhere with her daughter. Anyway, now shall we, let's move on. Let's move on from our sole representative of cinemas, which sounds like a. It, it sounds like a. It, it sounds like a five star, three star film. If you get what I mean, like a. Yeah. It's like yeah. a five star experience watching a three star film. You enjoy yeah. it. You think this is brilliant, but it's, it's as good as it's ever going to be. So that's a five. Yeah, you say it's five star. Yeah, like star there's, there's, there's. It sounds like there's no moment where you're not enjoying yourself while you're watching that. And I think that those sort of films are great and are needed. So something that's just going to be like, we're going to be stupid, but you will be entertained. And uh, now we go over to home. And we're, I'm going to talk about calling from accounts. Calling from accounts on BBC iPlayer. Now, at the moment, there seems to be um, there seems to be this thing where people seem to think, okay, we we're in England. We have got all this English TV. We've imported a whole bunch of American stuff. And Australia seems to be like this new frontier in which they're bringing more stuff in and they're bringing things in. And they're bringing an Australian look on certain things. So I mean, there's been a, there's a TV show called oh what's it called? There's the TV show called Bump, which is all about a teenager who gets who gets pregnant uh, while at school, even though she's like a straight A student, and how she man, na- navigates being a mother, like being a mother while trying to achieve everything by being a straight A student. And there's another one called The Letdown. The Letdown, which is all the about. Queen of- whatever is it the queen of oz it's queen of oz yeah queen of oz with Catherine tate going over to australia and and so and calling from accounts is is part of this glut and i think calling from accounts is possibly one of the most acclaimed ones this is pretty much a rom-com with an aussie bent so it's pretty much a rom-com with an australian sense of humor because if i think about everything that happens in calling from accounts it follows a Structure. It follows the structure. There is a meet cute at the beginning that, but it's a meet cute done in a very Australian way. The, the kind of thing which it's like something happens. Which I, I was wondering whether to mention this in the review as to what happens in the first five minutes of this show, and I just I've decided not to mention it, not to say it. <laughs> just so, but something happens in the first five minutes of this show that leads to somebody running over a dog with a car, and this the the fact that this dog is running over the car brings these two people together. Um, there's a guy and a, a guy and a girl played by Patrick Bramall and Harriet Dyer, who are actually a couple in real life, and they and they meet up. She's a medical student trying to go through things. He's an older guy who is trying to run a pub, like a microbrewery, and it's all about them meeting over this meeting over this dog. And then what happens? It's only eight episodes long. Only eight episodes long. Each one of them is like about half an hour, and it's you have your meet cute. You have your um, beginnings of oh is there something there you have the the old girlfriend who's coming in and it's like saying things about stuff and you have the old boyfriend and you have complications and then you have the oh do we know whether this is going to work or not and then you have the conclusion of whether it is going to work or not it's a rom-com it is a rom-com in every sense of the word and what makes this what elevates this above rom-com full stop is the fact that I think the sense of humor is new and it hasn't really been seen that much by well, it hasn't been it hasn't been done to death. The sense of humor hasn't been done to death because it's Australian, and also the fact that it is very sort of like biting and ob- very observant about 
the relationships and of the, of the characters. Like, you believe these characters exist. <laughs> you believe that they will be like that. And they don't try and do the whole rom-com thing of, oh, yeah, and guess what? Oh, she has a gay best friend and all that kind of stuff. And, oh, yeah, look at her. She's a hot mess, but really, really, she's really likable at heart. No, these these characters, they, they have moments where you go, I don't like them. Actually, maybe that's just because they're like real people. <laughs> and... And I, I, Holly, I think you particularly would love Colin from Accounts. It will not take up that much of your time. And obviously, the 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 dog that they run over is the dog they run over is essentially there's Instagram pages dedicated to this dog now because people love the dog. And it is he is one of these so sort of small kind of terrier looking things. Scruffy not, dogs. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like a scruffy looking dog. He's like a scruffy looking dog, and the it's a. And I, I don't think there's much else I could say about it, but it's, uh, yeah, that's about it. It's Australian. It's a rom-com, but it's good. See it for, for this. It is, it is funny. It is painful in bits. There are definitely cringe moments. It definitely has its cringe comedy moments, which I am not the biggest fan of, but they, they, but they do work. They do work. And that's all I can say. I feel without, and I, as I say usually when I talk about comedies, without just trying to regurgitate all the best jokes in a very very bad way, <laughs> without, without telling them all the best best jokes in a bad way. All I can say is watch it, figure it out, make up your make up your own mind. But I would recommend calling from accounts. I think it is worth it is worth its hype, and it's one of those things that you. You can see how they would do another season, and there's a bit of you that wants to see another season, another bit of you that goes, but if you go much longer, you're going to lose something. So, yeah. Calling from accounts, four out of five. Excellent. Yes. So, yeah. Holly, I would expect that you would have watched that by next week, and you can let me know what you think. <laughs> I will. I will. Along with, along with needing to start on... um. Uh, only murders season three only murders in the building season three yes but but that's only being released one episode a week right and i'm still disappointed that they've gone for a third series i always felt they should stop it too but uh. Uh, i there's a bit of me that thinks that they maybe they should, i mean the only reason i can think of that i would say only murders in the building season three is and they seem to know it themselves is that they have corralled meryl streep into their ma- into their madness and yeah. And Meryl Streep being called into their madness is worth it. Meryl Streep doing anything is worth it. And you just want to see in that crazy world of the Arconia, what's going to happen with Meryl Streep. Yes. Ooh, I, I have started watching the After Party Season 2 on Apple TV Plus because, Sharon, guess what happened again? Oh, what, through the credit card? No, no, it's not the credit card. It's not the credit card, but, but it is, once again... Okay, Holly, I'm not sure that you've heard me ever talk about Apple TV Plus and how I have had Apple TV Plus for probably about two and a half years and have never once paid for it. <laughs> yeah, because you get these deals where it's like you get six months free or something. You get six months free. And so this is the, our latest public service announcement regarding Apple TV Plus. If you order a cake from Valerie, well, Patisserie Valerie, or is it Valerie Patisserie? Which one is it? Valerie. Patisserie Valerie. If you order a cake from Patisserie Valerie, they give you an option of free things to say thank you for ordering a cake. And one of them is oh. one month free of Apple TV+. Plus. <laughs> so I have so I have got a one month free of Apple TV+. Plus. I am trying to, I, I think I will finish watching all of the after party before the month is up. I will watch Silo because that's another TV show that is... That's the only reason I was thinking of getting it. So I've read the books of Silo. So I'm oh, wool. Oh, yes. Yeah. All those, the whole three of them. 
Um, is it Hugh Howie or something yes, like that? Yes, yes, it's something yeah, Howie, I've yeah. Read the, I think there's three in the series, and I have read all three of them. And so I was thinking, I want to watch that. <laughs> it, I, I am on the third episode of Silo, and it is good. It is good. I mean, it's it, it's it's not as bad as well. I was going to say it gives you Lost vibes, but it isn't as it isn't as annoying as Lost because Lost. I stopped after three episodes, going, they're never going to tell you anything in this show because yeah. it, this show exists. They go along. Yeah, this show relies on you not knowing what's going on, so they will never tell you. Yeah. So I never, I've only ever watched three episodes of Lost, and I, I went, no, no, not going. But no, Silo feels like it's going somewhere. Silo feels like you will eventually find something out, which is really good. And I think the, and the way they've done the TV show, it's it's great because. You see the posters, and you know that it has these different people in it. But there's, but the the person who is the big name and the big face on the poster, the show starts, and you're like, wait, what? Because there's somebody else who's another big name who the first episode is all about, and you're like, wait, but what's, what, what's she doing here? What, what about, and so it it wrong, it almost sort of like plays with you. I feel like the marketing plays with you with because. I watched, I watched the first episode and I was shocked at the first first thing I saw. I was like, I didn't know they were in this show. So uh, so and, and I I think it also does that whole thing where the names, you know, the uh, the credits at the beginning of the show, yeah. they change with every single show because of who is in the episode. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, I'm enjoying Silo. I'm enjoying Silo. I'm enjoying the after party too. I will finish those two very soon and let you know. And I will go through Apple TV Plus and find all the other things. Oh, Hijack. Hijack with Idris Elba. Here are great things. But, Sharon, the good thing is that you can play $6.99 for one month. Binge all you want and then get out of there. Because yeah, that's tempting to do it just so I can, I, I, could, I can get like a week free. And I'm thinking, is a week enough for me to better do all these things without going insane? Um, but take I some holiday <laughs> <laughs> take some holiday make it happen uh, because like coincide with my week sleep <laughs> yeah yeah because um my brother made a very good point he says that he thinks like apple tv plus is the new hbo because there was a time when hbo every time they released a show you were like okay it's the wire it's game of thrones it's the... and you were like oh yeah, yep yep need to watch this need to watch this succession yeah it's like you know you're like you need to watch this it's appointment tv and i think apple tv they don't make a lot compared to someone like Netflix, but they seem to put a lot of effort into making sure that what they make is exemplary of whatever of that sort of genre of what they do. Yeah. So. And is Schmigadoon season two coming as well to Apple TV? Schmigadoon season two is on there. It's it's on there already. Yeah. Because we haven't reviewed that one. Because I think have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I saw the trailer for it, and I. We all watch. We all watch and like Schmigadoon. Oh no, Schmigadoon is hilarious. Schmigadoon is uh, uh, to use your words, Sharon. It is a hoot. Schmigadoon yeah. is brilliant. And that's the right word. Uh, yeah. And uh, but the thing is that Schmigadoon season two, they go into a sort of Chicago type world, and I'm not so. I saw the trailer for it, and I was not enthused. And I feel like the first season of Schmigadoon is this perfect formed pastiche of like you know 1950s musicals and it's so wonderful that i don't want to i don't want to smear (laughs) smear it because i haven't really heard anything about the second season it's out it's on there but i haven't heard anything i haven't heard it hasn't pulled up any trees so to say but anyway 
Anyway, oh, moving on from that. Well, let's go on to the second thing we're going to talk about on uh, this time. Not on Apple TV Plus because I'm still binging my way through a whole bunch of stuff. That will be next week. Um, we're talking Netflix and we are talking The Witcher Season 3. Holly, if you have any voice left, please take it away. Okay, I'll start, but I'll have to hand over to Sharon quickly for the stupid talking. So, unsurprisingly, The Witcher Season 3 follows on from the end of The Witcher Season 2. Who would have thought? Um, yeah. And it it begins with um, Geralt, Ciri, and Yennefer together, but um, with Geralt and Yen not on speaking terms because obviously series two ended with, whilst things being improved, her having, you know, betrayed them to some extent and. Which nobody um, ever saw coming, but yeah. Nobody, yeah, nobody ever saw coming, obviously. Um, so it it begins with the the improving of the relationships and the discovery that there are clearly, you know, undercurrents of not goodness happening at Aratusa mm-hmm. and trying to find out what it what you know what exactly is going on and make and keep Siri safe. Uh, with bringing in various characters from the other episodes in slightly random fashions, but all completely logical. Yep. Um, I think that's about as much as my voice can manage for now, so over to you, Sharon. (laughs) Yeah, and it it sort of delves into the... We can It's all been sort of coming towards this this conflict, isn't it, where the continent, as it's set, um, there were these factions that are um, manoeuvring for power. They're trying to manoeuvre these, the mages... And the, Rodania, Nilfgaard, and all Sintra, these, <laughs> and they're all sort of, yeah, trying to sort of maneuver and to take advantage of the the this sort of magic and the they're not witches. What would you call the the women? Uh, the they're, they're sorceresses. Sorceresses, the mages. Yeah, they, they mages. Mages. I thought they. Oh, okay, because I've always said that the mages has been the men, but I suppose it's the brotherhood, isn't it? They talk about the brotherhood and then the mages. That's right. And so you can finally see it's all coming towards this um, decisive moment where things, instead of being this sort of like uneasy tension between all these factions, it's suddenly now is going to descend into all-out war. And so we see this sort of sort of almost like schism happen, don't we, where the, the spark has been lit and then they are openly at war now between Nilfgaard and the mages and the elf, elves. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, elves, the, the elves were pretty annoyed at the end of season two. Yeah, and so there's more of the same. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, and yeah, and how these the three characters that we have been following throughout, a Siri, um, flanked by sort of Geralt and Yennefer, how they're all being drawn inexorably down towards this path of you know, of of conflict and Siri sort of fulfilling her destiny, and we're beginning to sort of get glimpses of what her, you know because they've always said you know, she's potentially the most powerful mage has ever been. Yeah, and we're beginning to get glimpses of her power, and um, what the consequences that will be for this sort of this the continent as we as we have seen it. All right, cool. So obviously you don't want to say much and give away spoilers or anything like that. But one of the things that um. I watched The Witcher Season 2 probably about three years, maybe four, after watching The Witcher Season 1. And it was one of those things where I'm just going to I'm just gonna sit here and let this wash over me because I don't remember anything. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember who's who. That person looks kind of familiar. I, yeah. 
I somewhat remember they're like, ooh, Mausak. I'm like, who was Mausak? I don't remember who Mausak is. And then somebody shows up. I'm like, ah, I think I remember him from early on in the episode. <laughs> is there a similar? Because the, the one of the things about The Witcher is that The Witcher is dense. The Witcher, the folklore is dense. And I feel like they throw you in there, especially the first season. They throw you in there. And they expect you to sink or swim, and they don't make any. They don't make a lot of concessions. They just kind of go, either you get it or you don't. And if you don't get it, bye. Well, bye. <laughs> Not for you. Yeah. 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 I'm a similar boat because I haven't. I've only read the first book, and I when they talk about oh, you know, Strombold, or they talk about different characters, I'm thinking, which one am I see again? <laughs> yeah, Vilgefort. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and the different countries. I'm like. Uh, are they goodies or are they baddies? <laughs> and, so, and there's not clear lines are there between any of them. No. Yeah. So when suddenly one sort of yeah, so I must I haven't followed it. I, I'm not in that world. So I found keeping track of some of it. I, I just haven't bothered. And because I watched the prequel story, I'm trying to think how on earth does all that fit in with what we're seeing now? <laughs> um, anyway, um, so. Yes, it, it's it's sort of there's more of the same. Where it can be confusing the um the uninitiated, and even those who've watched them all, it's still a bit confusing because unless you've read the books and played the games, I think you probably will find it a little bit. Um, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> there, 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 there is a lot. That, that was the thing that, I, but I think it's still it's a it's a testament to the show and to the making of the show that even though it's this dense thing where. You're not sure what's happening half the time. It's still really entertaining, and you still you still want to watch it. But but does that carry on in season three? Yeah, certainly does to my mind. But it does. I mean, we know I rewatched everything, yeah. but it really does benefit from a rewatch and actually starting at series one and then going through and rewatching all of them. So you're actually did you, know can, did you do yeah. that? Did ahead. you do? You did. Obviously, I did. I didn't, and I was there some bits. I was thinking, I don't know what this is all about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. I don't know. There was there was somebody. There's somebody who. There's somebody who shows up in season two, and I remember looking at him going, "I'm pretty sure you died." <laughs> and that was good. I was looking, going, "I thought you died." And I don't know. Didn't somebody kill you and then take your face and walk around masquerading to be you? I thought you were the. I thought you were the person who is being masqueraded. No, 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 no. You're actually just the person. Okay, that must have been somebody else who died. <laughs> and it's and it's like it's like oh he is a, he's a he's an expert in monoliths and I'm like I'm pretty sure he died. But but it so it's quite difficult to follow and to, sometimes to tell people apart. It's not like my my winner of oh what was it ridiculous film the TV series with Sarah Michelle Gellar that was on last year where i couldn't tell any of the characters apart oh is, is was this the one that had to do with vampires and had to where she was a head of a, where she was she was like some head she was some some old wizened vampire hunter or something uh, no no this was the one where uh there were werewolves and she was in the police yeah, yeah that's what i'm thinking of yeah that's what i'm thinking of yeah yes i couldn't tell any of the characters apart there was generic man and or generic male young person generic female young person to me they would i have no idea which i couldn't tell any of them apart at all yeah okay all right cool so how many stars would we give the witcher season three um i'll just if i give my little pen of worth there um and i didn't love it as i used to i loved the first season i absolutely loved it I, yeah. I was less enthused by the 
the second season didn't really rate the prequel one at all and a bit of a mess and this yeah. one oh again i'm feeling slightly less enthusiastic so for me my interest has waned a little bit in the witcher universe yeah i think that might be because i probably needed to go back and revisit them all so that it was made sense to me because a lot of it probably didn't make sense so i would have to give it a three because i recognize that it's they've done it well i probably would have liked a bit more Geralt because you know he's the character that sort of draws you into this world and you see the world through his eyes and where it does dance around a bit i was like i don't know what's going on so i think for me it was losing me a little bit um picked up towards the end the last three episodes i thought it did pick up but for me it's still going to be a three and I, I agree with everything you said there. Um, I think it didn't, it wasn't as quite as gripping as the first series. The first series was so good. <laughs> but but, but it, I think I think it's it's funny because the other film, the other thing I was going to talk about, which I might talk about next week, the deepest breath. It's it's not even just the it's not even that the first season was so good. It was the way the first season was told. Yes, like the, the the structure of the first season was a massive part of it it was a massive part of it that made you go oh i see what that oh yeah i get you now and i think that it's it's a lot in the telling of the story even if the story is straightforward the telling of the story can make it exceptional and i think that's that's the thing the case with the deepest breath and i think that was the case with the first season of the witcher that's one of the episodes in this i think captures that same sort of telling yeah Towards the towards the end, which I, I think is a gives you a really yeah, really captures what they did in the first series. So whilst I absolutely loved it, and I'm going to give it a four. It's a slightly grudging four. Okay, it's just Cause about because that's because it's also there's there's an element of sentimentality in there. Or well, because it's Henry Cavill's last go as as Geralt. It's not even that. It's the, the sort of fond having been fond of the first series. So oh, okay, gotcha. It's so it's 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 one probably likes. I'm able to like it more than it necessarily deserves because yeah. even though I still think it was very good, I think there's a sort of emotional. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Kind of like kind of like um, watching a family member do something. You're like. Oh! look at them yay or niece or nephew or something you're like oh aren't you clever so and but and going on to something else that sharon that you said earlier that big gerald being the main draw so there's a scene there's a whole bit in season two where you with the point of that gerald isn't the only witcher and you meet a whole bunch of other witches and <laughs> and it's, it's funny because you, you you see him in this sort of cabal of other witches and you're kind of like well in a fight they're all gonna die because he's obviously better than them because he's henry cavill and none of the others are anywhere near henry cavill and it made me think that this show is so much on his shoulders so it's not so much on Geralt's shoulders but on henry cavill's shoulders because henry cavill looks like a superhero and he walks in and he's taller than everybody else and he's got the white hair and all that and, and none of the other witches looked exceptional even though they're supposed to be they all looked rubbish compared to <laughs> quite frankly. And when there was a fight, you were like, "Yeah, they're all gonna die. He's gonna walk out alive." And and I feel like this is this is a big problem that The Witcher has going forward because we know that we know Henry Cavill is not going to be Geralt anymore. It's going to be Liam Hemsworth, and I feel like that is one hell of a poison chalice. 
And and I really, really, really hope for Liam Hemsworth's sake he is getting paid loads because not only do I fear for the show with Henry Cavill not in it, I fear for him. <laughs> I fear I fear for Liam Hemsworth because people I think are going to come for him because he's not Henry Cavill and he's not built like Henry Cavill. I think Chris Hemsworth maybe could get away with it. Liam Hemsworth, unfortunately, not. Because I just feel like I'm just looking at you're watching it, watching the season. So I'm just kind of going, but he's Geralt. <laughs> he, he is Geralt. He 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 has. You look at him and you understand why this guy is like loaded across the continent and everything like that. But uh, yeah, it, it it does it did make me think. Yeah, I think this show is on his shoulders, and I think they might. I think season four might be the final season <laughs> because. <laughs> Because yeah. I don't know how somebody is going to carry on from what Henry Cavill has yeah. done without, presence. yeah, without, yeah, without. I think the presence is the way. It's just the fact that I, I feel like the way they've done it is very particular to him, and uh, I, I honestly am worried for Liam Hemsworth. I really, really am. Yeah, yeah but, but, uh, but hey. He might blow us away. I hope he does. I sincerely hope he does. I think it will be very, very different, and I think that many people might not be might not be able to handle that difference. <laughs> and, and Netflix might wield their big witcher swinging axe uh, to, to cut it off. But do they come up with anything at the end of this season that might explain why Geralt might look different next season? No. Yeah. All right. Cool. Oh dear. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> I was but, hoping there was, a, there was an Alexia Apologies potion or something. But, uh, I mean, I, I think it sort of hangs in a way that you can potentially see how something potentially could be done, but it certainly not entirely opened the door to it. Mm. Does that make sense? It will when I watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but all right okay cool so that is three and a half stars for the witcher season three so as is customary i must ask you who do you think has won this week netflix or cinema well i think <laughs> netflix <laughs> yeah i think netflix has done it i think netflix has done it although i i, I have to say i do not think i think netflix has done it on a mathematical point of view Although I do not think any of us had as much fun watching anything this week as Sharon did watching what? Meg to the Trench in the cinema. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. It was, yeah, fun so, points. It wins the fun points. Yeah, so, so, so Netflix wins the mathematical vote, but the good time points go to cinema. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, cool. So I think that's everything. Uh, please, if let, get in touch with us, let us know what you thought. If you are listening to this and you like it, oh, by the way, John from PWC has he listened to last week's episode? I have not confirmed. Okay, I... cool, cool. Because oh no, we we gave the man a shout out. He has to do the right thing and give us a review. That is uh, the way. We... <laughs> I we only spoke briefly today because of the stupid voice. All right. If if anybody has listened to this and you like this, please do give us um give us a review on on Apple Music or iTunes. It's not called iTunes anymore. It's called Apple Music. I don't know if Apple's. I don't know. Wherever you get podcasts, if they let you leave a review, please leave us a review. Um, get in touch with us on Twitter. Get in touch with us on on YouTube. Let us know what you think about our reviews. Let us know what you think about the films we're talking about. And it will be great and wonderful to talk to you. And you too, can, like John from PWC, can get yourself featured on the show. 
Until next week, it's a goodbye from me. Bye for me. Goodbye for me. Thank you ever so much for joining us. Bye.